Welcome to Business Unmuted Live, a video business discussion on Wednesday, 14th of July 2021, which is later shared on platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcast. Business Unmuted is sponsored by Virtue BMW, part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. It has dealerships in Stockton on Tees, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton and York. Today we're joined in the studio by John Duns, director at the Northeast Times great magazine. And down the line we have Gareth Smith, CEO of business brokers Hilton Smythe and Kirsten Lightfoot, head of people development at Newcastle Building Society. But first, before we get into the discussion, I wanted to take a moment to pay my respects to Professor Jane Turner OBE, who sadly lost her battle with ovarian cancer earlier this week. I had the pleasure of knowing Jane for many years, working alongside her at the South Tees Development Corporation. She's touched the hearts of many and has had an incredible impact on our region throughout her career. Now, the most recent UK house price index data shows that here in the northeast we were the region with the highest annual house price growth, with latest prices increasing by 16.9% in the year to April 21. This was up from 14.2% in March 2021. Retail sales figures are also out, with volumes declining by 1.4% between April and May this year, following a sharp increase in April when retail restrictions were eased. Despite the monthly decline over April and May combined, the average total retail sales volumes were still 7.7% higher than in March 2021 and 9.1% higher than in February 2020 before the impact of the pandemic hit. That's some interesting data to start our discussion. There's also inflation data that came out today very recently, which shows inflation peaking up. Uh, John, you run Northeast Times magazine. It's always a good read. Nice to, to see what businesses are doing. You, as a result, you talk to lots of businesses. How do you see the state of the economy in the north of England at the moment? Uh, I would say it's improving. I think there's, it was very interesting. With the first lockdown, it just stopped dead. And in our business, we rely upon advertising revenue, and it was way down. As time progressed, people got more used to working from home. And then the second big lockdown came in January. There was a big difference. Everybody just got on with it. And we know what we're like in this region. We just put our heads down and work. And I think uh, I've been very, very heartened by the practicality, the common sense of businesses, and the uh, keep calm and carry on philosophy. And it's coming through now from our business point of view and new clients. People are saying, Things are improving. They're not complacent, but uh, we've been very heartened in, the, in recent months, particularly the, the last couple of months. And what we've found is that for, for the first time for well over a year, people are getting in touch with us and Great. saying, I want to market our business, as opposed to us saying, please, will you market your business? They're saying, we've got a, a big opportunity. We've got a new name change or we've got a new office opening. We'd like to publicize it would you come and talk to us? And that, that's a big difference. So the phones are ringing. Yes, they are. But from Monday, will you be in the office to answer them? Yes, we shall be. And actually, we've maintained, whenever we've been able to do that, our team has split the time between working from home mm -hmm. and being in the office. We're particularly proud, however, that we managed to produce a magazine every month on schedule throughout the whole pandemic, mm -hmm. whilst a mixture of this home working. So, for example, our editor, Stephen Hugel, lives in Barnard Castle. He doesn't need to come into the office all the time. With modern technology, that's worked really well. Again, we've managed to photograph people, which is a really important part of what we do. Initially, that was Chris Owens, our photographer, going out and taking people through their windows, would you believe? 
or taking the pictures on Zoom or and the like. But now with COVID safe officers, he's been going in and people are happy to have the pictures taken, obviously checking everything's safe. So a big change, yeah. a really big change I've seen. And More I think positive. I'll ask all of you, there's been yeah. some big announcements in the Northwest and the Northeast yes. uh, on the automotive sector, which yes. have been, there have been, you know, dynamic announcements on Nissan mm. uh, and the battery plant. There's British Volt in yes. Thumberland. Yes. Uh, in Teesside, there's power uh, generation announcements all in the last few days. Uh, and then in uh, Northwest, a major announcement by Vauxhall about electrified power plants. Now, it isn't necessarily true that all of the business community will benefit from that. But is that setting some kind of mood music, do you think, that's uh, causing some a spirit of uh, optimism? Yes, I do. And I think... As you know, the supply chain, I always remember, uh, because I'm getting on a bit, uh, when Nissan came in 86, uh, the thing where I was then working at the Journal, uh, within a very short space of time, there were over 125 companies that were providing and working with Nissan. And that is vital for the future of this region. It's the knock-on effects, the infrastructure, the retail will bounce back with the help of these infrastructure developments. Let's test that with uh, yep. some two of our other contributors yep. today. Uh, Kirsten Lightfoot from Newcastle Building Society. First over to you. Uh, how do you see the uh, state of trade? Uh, uh, we've read the house data out. My goodness, you, you could be making a killing, flogging, uh, <laughs> getting your mortgage offering out to different house purchasers. Mm. How is it going? Absolutely. Um, I think that as a business, we're doing incredibly well at the moment. Uh, and you're right, you see that through the results, don't you? And if we take a step back, you can almost bring it down to a couple of key elements. So a lot of people have really, I guess, reevaluated, you mm -hmm. know, where they want to live, how they want to live. Mm -hmm. So if we think about that, people all of a sudden want an office in the house, they want a garden, mm -hmm. they want great space. And the Northeast is very affordable, so you can see the region doing well as a result of it. And notwithstanding the fact we've had the stamp duty eg exemption as well for quite some time, and you've just seen the lending market doing incredibly well in the business. So I think that's really, really positive. And I think just, just the point that's just been made, when you think about all of that rejuvenation almost that's coming back to the region, what a great story for future skills. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I sort of jokingly said as you're well, making a killing. It's just but setting us up for hopefully a really proper future. I sort of jokingly said you're making a killing, but you are a mutual organisation, of course, because you're in the spirit of the traditional building society, aren't you, owned by your members. Uh, so that dynamism will be reflected to people who are saving and people who are borrowing. Absolutely. So it, it works both ways for us. I mean, any profit, obviously, we reinvest them back into the community, whether that's into key partnerships or, you know, if it's just helping out as well, I think for the businesses have a responsibility to, to keep the economy thriving and the, the local communities connected mm. as well. Of course, so I think we've seen some of that happening mm. and a lot of people have really made a very conscious effort to keep that going through some quite yeah. challenging times over the past sort of 15, 16 months. During the uh, lockdowns, banks were not mandated to close, of course. They had maybe shorter and truncated hours. How did you get through that? It, it, what, you know, it isn't essential service being able to have uh, access to your money, keeping things going. Absolutely. And I think one of the things we were very keen to do was be open to the public. You know, we have to. We've got that duty of care. And it was amazing the effort just from our colleagues to get us COVID secure, to make sure we have the resource in place. 
it meant we actually as a business model have moved on somewhat so we've got flexibility for some branch colleagues now mm. so some branch colleagues can actually have soft phone equipment at home so the branch isn't overloaded with people as well from our side and i think that makes it a more inviting environment for customers to come through the door i think it feels safer the less contact there's been of recent times we'll pick up on that point in a moment because there's other elements of that to explore let's talk to gareth smith from hilton smythe gareth you're a business that is a broker you you sell businesses to other businesses if i want to buy a tea shop in the dales i might mm -hmm. be able to buy one from you if if i want to sell my business i might be able to sell it through you so what's been the market for buying and selling businesses in this very uh, interesting time well interesting you certainly agree with that um i think well We've started some preliminary research on this. Um, and, and actually what's really interesting is that versus pre-COVID, um, the, the sale of small businesses in particular is 88% up. Wow. Um, so we're actually selling more businesses now per sort of instruction, if you like, um, as against pre-COVID numbers by some significant margin. And I think that's sort of, uh, you know, outlined as well by by some of the stats that that, that you, you mentioned earlier on, particularly around retail. Um, you know, we, I think the, the quarter actually up to June um, is is the highest we've seen on record. Um, I think it's from like ten point four percent growth for the quarter. Uh, well, the record started in nineteen ninety five, so <laughs> it gives you a, a scope of the idea that it is actually on the up. Um, you know, online saw a reduction. Um, in, in sales once uh, retail opened again. And similarly, I think supermarkets saw a reduction in, in food sales when restaurants opened. So what's clear is, and what we said throughout this pandemic, is that once we do get back to some sort of normality, people want to get back to normal as quickly as possible. And the numbers clearly suggest that. Mm. Now, we were talking about buying uh, the sorry, the housing market. And, you know, some businesses, if you happen to buy, uh, for argument's sake, a, a local news agent with a flat above it, you're buying a business and a, a, a housing uh, a proposition as well. What is the turnaround of that kind of business? Are you are you, are you finding that the, the, the money is, buy, is there to buy them, the appetite is there to buy them and the transactions happen quickly or are there log jams? So I think one of the major issues around actually people buying businesses at the minute is is bank funding, unfortunately. I think mm. if you've got significant cash um, or you're talking freehold property, not so much an issue. Um, removing the Enterprise Finance Guarantee Scheme, uh, which was replaced by C-bills and, of course, bounced back uh, during the, the pandemic. Um, brief background, the EFG, as it's called for short, the government provided you know backing for those that perhaps would qualify for borrowing to buy a business but didn't have sufficient security behind them that's removed the chance for a lot of people to purchase businesses at, certainly at the leasehold and business only end so that's definitely a challenge um, but businesses with accommodation have always been popular uh, particularly for for owner operators uh, and, and i don't see that that changes much going in in certainly out of the pandemic so you're not seeing lots of um, people who wish to retire not being able to sell. There's still a demand to buy. There's this huge demand, actually. Um, like I say, 88% up on, on numbers. Um, that's It's not without its challenges. Again, it's 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 early stage data, but we've only seen a 3% drop in, in sale prices 
Okay, let's uh, ask you both about how you see the impact of the restrictions being lifted. Um, let's go to you first, Gareth. On the, you've got a, a real helicopter view on the mm. retail market as it is. How do you think that uh, the restrictions on masks, on queuing, on social distancing, that kind of thing, will impact uh, shopkeepers? Um, I think it will it will pose its challenges. I think there are, there's a very mixed view out there, isn't there? And, and that's clear from from the publications that some people you know want it, some people don't. Um, and I think it will create some form of anxiety for some. So I, I think it could be a bit hit and miss for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's clear is the numbers are improving. That's 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 clear. And I think they will continue to do so, um, which is only a positive sign. Okay. Kirsten, you, you obviously have a branch network where people, the members mm-hmm. of the public go into the branches. <clears throat> if I wanted to come in with my passbook or my card and draw some money out of the building society, would I need to wear a mask? I know the law says I don't have to, but what, what you, what's your policy on this? I think our policy will just be to keep people as safe as we can. So obviously colleagues will probably encourage to keep that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to the point Gareth was making, I think we're going to see a difference of behaviour. I think yeah. some people will choose to continue wearing. Um, and it's got to come down to what people feel safe and comfortable with at the end of the day. But obviously, priority for us is keeping our colleagues safe, but our customers as well. So they yeah. feel as though they yeah. can come into branch to do what those things that, that are so essential to do. Of course, uh, Kirsten and Gareth are heavily involved at the front line of yeah. retail, uh, or, or, or in the case of Kirsten Branches, we are tend to be the consumers. What will, what will you do if you need to go into a shop on a mask? I think the, my rule of thumb is how busy it's going to be. Mm. As simple as that. And I suppose to put it in terms of basic terms, if, for example, let's say it was trying not to get a cold, never mind coronavirus, I would, I think, I would wear a mask if it's packed, if it's quieter. Um, I think I'd probably take yeah. the same view. Yeah. And I know, I know um, parents of very young children, I yeah. happen to know several parents of very young children who are looking forward to not having to wear the mask yeah. because communicating with your young children when you are not got your mask yeah. on isn't that easy. Um, but uh, I, I think hopefully British common sense will prevail. Um, what do you think? Uh, let me just change the subject a little. Yeah. We, we have the inflation figures out today. Now, they showed inflation going up quite considerably now. It's 2.5%. In America, it's more than double that, 5.4%. Wow. Those figures were announced uh, today, this Wednesday. Um, do you think that inflation is going to make an impact on the way p- businesses plan and how their costs are dealt with? Are you seeing it in your own business, John? Not, not at the moment, we're not. And I think we're p- probably shielded from everything that's going on to help businesses. I think, because I think there's going to be a boom mm-hmm. when things settle down. It's a question of how long that will be. Uh, as I said, the phone is ringing, people wanting to market themselves. Uh, there's a lot of pent up demand. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic, actually, mm. for the short to medium term. For the longer term, I'm not so sure, because I do remember inflation. I do remember my first mortgage being 14%, and I really don't want that to happen again. Absolutely. I, I'm, in, in a later episode of this programme, we're going to talk to somebody who's having uh, problems getting stock and stock going up and up in the manufacturing sector. Uh, raw materials and uh, these yeah. prices, particularly in construction as well, yeah. are, are significant. And that's going to feed through uh, to, to prices. Uh, Kirsten, of course, the inflation that affects you is not necessarily inflation that affects you, your organisation, but the, the inflation in house mm. prices. What about running the business and, and, and people? Um, in my own business, yeah. I've had to deal with 
market forces on wages. Yeah. Uh, Kirsten, I suppose you probably lead the market, you're a very reputable business, but are wages likely to feel the effect of inflation soon? I think we've got to be very mindful of that and keep an eye, an eye on it to the point John made, you, you can see changes coming already. And it's almost been compounded, hasn't it, with, um, you know, people, the, the recruitment market's completely shifted. We can go to work pretty much anywhere now and live from wherever. So inevitably, and, and thinking about things like even the Treasury moving up to Darlington, does that bring London wages up into the region to mm. some degree as well? And what does that mean for that competitiveness? Um, but it's I think that's, that a good, I, that's a good point, yeah. actually, uh, Kirsten. And, and my business happens to be based in Darlington, so I have seen um, uh, a wage pressure. Yeah. Some of me thinks that's a bit unjust because I own a business, <laughs> but also I buy into the idea of levelling up yeah. our area. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, one of the issues is we have been a lower wage economy. Yes. Providing there's value for money being demonstrated and productivity is maintained, I'm happy to pay extra, but we've got to make sure that uh, margins and productivity are maintained. So it could be a good thing as well. I think absolutely it could be a good thing. It opens up a raft of new talent to explore for all businesses as well doesn't it so there's there's multiple lenses to that i think it's understanding as, as, as a business thinking about is it just about the wage or what else do we need to do yeah. to have yeah. great people working in our businesses so yes of course different parts of our lives we might be you know more guided by the pound sign so to speak but actually, there's some people where it's, as a business, what opportunities can we create for people? How do we make it a great experience? Because it can't just be about pounds and pence because you want people to have that longevity in the business. Yeah. It costs a lot to grow new skills. It costs a lot to buy in new skills. So I think it's it, it, it's all of it. It's good, but there's challenges with it. And the fact that you say uh, your title is very interesting, uh, you're in charge of people development. So clearly you take a very uh, significant uh, degree of importance in the business to the development, the future prospects of your staff. And you see that as, as part of the way forward. Absolutely. Um, even with the pandemic, I think all businesses were challenged with how on earth do you onboard colleagues in a really positive way in a remote environment mm. i think it's something we all had a couple of sleepless nights yeah. about mm. but you know we're resilient aren't we we learn from it but we've, we've got to think about how do we keep those skills coming through in the business how are we fostering an environment where we want to create great opportunities for the next generations coming through i mean we look at how you know, disproportionately impacted the younger generations being through the pandemic. Yeah. And we do need to be thinking about how do we really create opportunities? And back to your earlier point, there's some great new stories out there that give us a brilliant platform for the future, for the region. And I think that, that that's something we can all play a key part in. Yeah. I'm going to give the last word today to Gareth. Uh, Gareth Smith, you're buying and selling all these different businesses, but what do you think the inflation figures are going to do to the general economy? I think it's, it's naturally going to make it a challenge, as inflation will always do. Um, I don't think it, you know, two and a half percent, I think forecast, it's, it's not a million miles away, but um, yeah, we, we've just got to keep an eye on it, I think, and particularly as business, business owners, um, and particularly around wages and things like that. Um, it is always going to be more and more competitive. And, and I think businesses just have to make sure that 
they're getting adequate return on investment really and and you know hence why prices for wages for instance are going up because people want to keep the good talent so they'll pay more you know it's um it's a way of the world we've just got to keep our fingers on the pulse well, we have to hope it does maintain in the position that Gareth say where it's manageable. It's still above the Bank of England's yeah. target. And, you know, in the long term, it can be a cruel, quiet yeah, thief, yeah. steal your savings and steal your jobs. But fingers crossed, it's maintained under control. Uh, Kirsten, Gareth, John, thank you for joining thank us. You. Thank you for joining me on Business Unmuted. Uh, we've got another guest presenter for the next couple of weeks because I'm away, uh, but we'll see you again soon.